0: Chuck and Julie bringing you the truth straight up.
1: I'm Julie Hager and I
0: work a Emmy winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion and entertainment live, local and interactive everyone's voice is always welcome on the chuck and julie show
2: hello everybody on a snowy friday Party, party Friday.
1: Friday. <laughs> no <laughs> or not, it's a party Friday.
2: Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden, True Straight Up brought to you by
1: by AmericaCitizenPress.com, a great conservative website and Denver Cynogenics with Dr. Julie McAllen. Hey, before we get to, I always feel like I need to remind people of this too and I forget at the end. You can catch any of our podcasts. You can either join us live or you can listen later at ChuckAndJulie.com. That's the best way to find and us And where all.
2: are we available
1: at? We're, oh God, just go to, we're on Podbean, Rumble, Getter, Twitter, Meet. We, mm-hmm. Facebook, if it's out there, mm-hmm. we're on it. Except for YouTube, which we have been banned from. Um, so we we're not. Which we
2: take as a badge. Which of honor. we do
1: take as a badge of honor. Hey, a lot of stuff to talk about: election integrity, a Biden's very bad week, um, the fact that um, you used to think that being authoritarian was bad, but that's not, not true enough. anymore. Now it's not good, enough. and being anti-authoritarian is bad. We'll talk about that.
2: And particularly if you believe that, and are an ideologue, so an anti-authoritarian ideologue,
1: bad. The bad,
2: greatest bad. threat. It's the greatest threat. That used to be something called a liberal democrat, but now it's, it's <laughs> now it's uh,
1: it's Republicans. But uh, we're going to start off with Christian Adams and the Public Interest Legal Foundation, um, and get a couple of things. I want to talk to him about first, an update updating a lawsuit against our progressive Secretary of State, and then also just the election integrity issue in general. So, Christian, hey, thank you for joining us on this Friday. Appreciate your time.
0: Thanks for having me. I, uh, I, I uh, am making progress to uh, get you a video feed.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. No, we'll just kind great. of, our, our producer, Thomas, will keep an eye on it and he can bring you, Thomas, go ahead and, oh, there you are. They so are Thomas, appearing. what he'll do is he'll bring you. So, yeah, We're just so folks, if you listen, what we do, and there are not many people who do this. We do a sort of a video podcast um, and we do interviews live on Zoom. And you may notice also, if you see the chat section, a lot of our listeners are on Zoom too. So they can sometimes pop in and out and they'll. So if
2: they don't like you, you'll know it right away. But yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and if they do like you, go, you'll know it right, right, right away. (laughs) But maybe let me have you start out by talking a little bit about the Public Interest Legal Foundation and then kind of work into the lawsuit.
0: Sure. Um, Public Interest Legal Foundation is the country's only public interest law firm dedicated totally to election integrity. Uh, And so we litigate cases around the country, a variety of them, uh, all sorts of different ones, cleaning up voter rolls, enforcing... uh, First Amendment issues. Uh, I used to work at the Justice Department in the voting section uh, back from 05 to 10. Uh Uh, So this is all I kind of do is election integrity issues. Uh And uh, we have been suing uh, lots of states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and we have a new case in Colorado.
1: Well, Well, tell us
0: about the case in Colorado.
1: With our favorite Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold. Jenna
0: Griswold, beauty. Right. Look, people need to know who care about elections about a group called ERIC. ERIC stands for Electronic uh, Registration Information Center. It's a third-party outside group that a lot of states have contracted with to do their voter roll cleanup. Uh, 31 states, as a matter of fact, including Colorado. It started out as basically a blue state project funded by Pew Charitable Trust with, of course, Open Society Institute money. Great. To get states on this uh, this consortium. And uh, there's now 31 states, including red states. That's a whole other story, including Texas and Florida, South Carolina. Uh, and they basically turn over their voter roll list maintenance, who's dead, who moved away, to this third party group. Now, whatever, but the bad part is that they have a contract that does not allow the public to see any of the election records. And under federal under federal law there's a right to public inspection of list maintenance election records.
1: Well and and I take it the lawsuit is is they're not showing it to you is that the the gist of it?
0: Right. And but the it's not your ordinary sort of freedom of information case because they're not showing it to you as part of their hiding of their voter roll cleanup activity. And so they're not showing it to us, but the federal law says if it involves voter rolls, they have to.
1: Let me back up. In- well,
2: uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. How do places like Florida and Texas get to be
0: part of Eric
2: when it's it seems to
0: be it a left wing? Seems
1: nefarious.
0: <laughs> well, as I said, that's a whole other issue, but I'll try to give you the short version. Okay. There used to be a competitor to Eric called the Kansas Cross Check, and the Kansas Cross Check was run out of the Kansas Secretary of State's office. And it compared the voter rolls of all the member organ- all the member states with each other to find people who are registered right. in multiple yeah. states. Right. Well, the the left, the ACLU, the League of Women Voters, when I say the left, that's who I mean, yeah, well, started right. filing lawsuits in cross check states, alleging that the cross check violated the law, and basically they sued it into oblivion. Right. And so the and so the only game in town became Eric.
1: Let me ask you this with Eric. So what you're talking about is this it's an organization set up essentially and funded by a bunch of George Soros left-wing. You don't get much more left-wing organizations that keep track of essentially in 31 states the voter rolls. Is that the bottom line there? And, and they they're don't
2: not show allowed it to see and the not voter rolls. To see it.
0: Because of some contract between Eric and the state? It's worse than that. We're not okay. allowed to see their work product. So if they say somebody's dead or not dead, Normally, those are federally protected list maintenance records under Motor Voter. It's called the National Voter Registration Act, 1993. You remember Bill Clinton's top priority. Under Motor Voter, there's like a FOIA provision in Motor Voter. And it says that you have a right to publicly inspect. It's not just get it in the mail in a manila envelope. It means you can walk in and start touching documents. Wow. So we have this federal right to do this. And if someone's removed from the voter rolls, normally there's records indicating why. And those records are meant to be public, and Eric is hiding them.
1: One of the things. Well, that let me said, ask you
2: this: okay. why, why isn't that just a really easy federal lawsuit? And obviously, it's not because you've been having to fight it out in all these states.
0: Yeah, I'll give you an example: uh, PILF versus Harris County, Texas, which is Houston. We filed a lawsuit to get certain list maintenance records in Harris County, uh, in Texas, involving non-citizen registration and voting, which we know was happening. We just wanted the records. Harris County said no. They fought us for like a year and a half. Uh, We finally got the records through a settlement, and they owed us $200,000 in attorney's fees, $200,000 over probably 150 records that showed the alien registration and voting. So, yeah, it's easy, but that doesn't mean it ends quickly.
1: What about one of one of our listeners is asking doesn't that make the contract illegal, Would it, but or is that the, is that the? I mean why is that not illegal for them to have it set up this way or is is it the contractor not the person you have to deal with.
0: You are right on target bullseye we learned in first year of law school void against public policy it's a contract principle. That says if you have a contract like to go kill somebody, right, Uh that's not an enforceable contract, it's void against public policy, and so is a contract that prohibits you from seeing documents that Congress says you have a right to see.
1: Wow. So what is, what is their end game, do you think? Why are they doing this? And what is it do you think that they don't want us to see?
0: That's a great question. And of course, it's hard to answer. It's like, guess what's inside the, the, the yeah. closed up box. You know, it's like money hall for yeah. those of you who remember <laughs> uh, that show called uh, uh, let's make a deal. And, yeah. and so I, I don't know what's mine. curtain number three, but the point is uh, Eric is a mysterious organization that is getting its data from somewhere. We don't exactly know where, And so there's a lot of unanswered questions. Plus, they're screwing things up. They're not doing a very good job of things. They're allowing dead people to stay on the rolls a very long time. And we would just like to know why they're so bad at their job. And step one is to analyze their records.
1: Let me ask you this I was reading an article, (coughs) excuse me, that was talking about some of the Zuckerberg money and things like that and other. Progressive groups and maybe this is what they were talking about we're spending no okay but let me do, we're spending a lot of money to analyze voter rolls to find people who were registered but didn't vote, right And because they don't purge them anymore. And the theory of this article was that they could then use those voters, basically the voter names for um, illegal ballot trafficking.
0: Well, don't even worry about illegal. This doesn't have to be illegal to be an interesting issue. Uh, uh, So you're sort of describing what Eric is. We didn't get super deep into Eric, but part of Eric is when you sign up as a member state, oh, and by the way, Colorado paid probably $2 million to Eric. So this this is not a free service like Kansas Crosscheck. And what they do, this is part of the Eric design. It's important to understand this. They take Colorado's driver's license list, and they compare it to Colorado's voter list. And anybody who drives but doesn't vote, Colorado is supposed to send them a get out the vote or get registered letter. They're supposed to try to reach them and touch them to get registered to vote, and that's part of like what you described. Zuckerberg Zuckerberg money was out there, but they weren't so much engaging in that. That was more what Eric does, but it's interesting how these things can be confused.
1: OK, well, OK. And, and again, well,
0: Zuckerberg was
2: actually they did a get out the vote money went to to offices by private Democratic ones paid for by Zuckerberg to quote unquote get out the vote. And of course, what kind of vote were they trying to get out? Democratic votes. Right. I mean,
1: well, and could that be then where they use the list from Eric? In other words, if you're Mark Zuckerberg and you're the Democrats, can you get your hands on this list without too much trouble, Do you think?
0: Well, look at what happened in Philadelphia. Philadelphia city election budget used to be nine million dollars. The, the Zuckerberg bucks came in, and they gave them ten million dollars. They more than doubled the Philly budget. And what Philly did with it is they went door to door with city employees collecting votes, which is totally legal. And that's what I said. They they have figured out a way to make the, the what you think is illegal totally legal. Right. And they went they went door to door. Was city employees collecting ballots that were being voted by the low propensity voters. And of course, they only had time to get one vote, one election, the, the, the presidential right. election was the only one that got voted. That's why you see so many undervotes on these ballots. Then they bought radio ads. The city government bought radio ads on urban and Hispanic radio stations urging people to get out to vote, not the country music station, right? Yeah, right and right. so right. they made selective choices to serve underserved communities. You know, they, they cloaked it in civil rights language, so it was legal, but it was devious. Let
2: well, me- was, going at, was it legal for city employees to pick up ballots?
1: Well, if it's get out Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely,
0: under Pennsylvania law. The, the, de- the registrars can deputize city employees, government employees, make them employees of the registrar's office to go collect ballots.
1: So let me back up and see if I, because this is, I had not even, this is this is worse than what I thought we were going to be talking to you about. <laughs> so there is a private organization that is lo- funded by George Soros and other very progressive uh, people, right? And what they do is they compare all kinds of records in Colorado, like driver's license records and voters records, and they figure out maybe who's driving, but who's not registered to vote. Right. And then... They can give that information, well, theoretically, it goes to the Secretary of State. Well,
2: the same with the, you know, Philadelphia. Right. Then they they take that
1: information, and they can do with it really whatever they want, right? I mean, so they're, and again, so the theory there being that if you're a progressive organization, you can figure out, okay, who's most likely to vote Democrat. But then you
2: get $10 million in Philadelphia right. to hire people. To go
1: do it. Who to go will go,
2: go out and get implement. the low propensity voters uh, vote. Is
0: that what it is? Is
1: this the scheme, so to yeah. speak?
0: I mean, look, what you described as part of the Eric plan, you have to do that if you're the state of Colorado. It's part of the agreement that you compare your DMV and your voter records and whoever is not registered, you have to spend the money to go chase them to get registered to vote. But then you have have another
2: pot of money from zuckerberg to actually from harvest the people those votes. To right.
1: it out, the harvesting oh,
2: that seems fair
1: Let's so, and so and then again and in the meantime though if you joe q citizen want to take a look and say well what exactly are we doing with this information what's happening with this information can we see it are we purging the dead people mm-hmm. you can't
0: yeah right and let me tell you one quick thing i i i, I, I we have a i have to say this Purge is a verb that the left cooked up to make voter roll maintenance sound evil. Right. It's oh, like a, okay. It's like what Stalin did to his generals. Yeah. It's what okay. happens after you eat bad fish. Right. Okay. And so it's okay. a violent, nasty, explosive thing. So the left likes to use that. Instead, the, the, the other things you might use is like do list maintenance, clean the rolls. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Okay. Right.
2: Well, I mean, it's it's so often you find yourself mimicking words that the left has has. Uh shoved into your mouth and you don't even know it sometimes. Exactly, yeah. right.
1: Um, we have a liberal friend, a Democrat strategist who hates it when we talk about ballot harvesting. He says that makes it sound like organ harvesting and bad <laughs> things. We're like, it is bad. Well, let me back up. So you're saying that too in Colorado. So we, the taxpayers, are paying $2 million essentially to allow our progressive secretary of state to work hand in hand with Soros-funded organizations on voter well, integrity. Well,
2: Soros, Soros has taken over a section of the Secretary of State's office uh, with his money being used for government employees who act as Democratic operatives and who are Democratic operatives.
0: Yeah, let me tweak it just a little bit for all of the folks at Right Wing Watch who will be anxious to uh, write about this podcast. The the Eric was started with Soros Seed Money. It is not an ongoing OSI project. It was started with Soros Seed Money through Pew, Probably about eight years ago, um, so that's the first minor tweak. But it was a child of George Soros. It's you know, there's no no question well, about well that. Well, now
2: the states pay for it. It's yeah, self but you don't
1: need self yeah, funding. Right. What a brilliant idea to yeah, be a so billionaire. Don't
2: have to spend his money yeah, on that. He can do it. States on to some, do it. Getting a. Uh, DA is elected who will defund the police. I mean, yeah.
0: And I am quite certain that Colorado has spent far more than two million dollars since they were one of the founding members. Oh, I, I don't know exactly the number, it's probably more like 10 million. Oh wow. Well, but well, I don't know what funny. it is. How does
1: I'm not gonna I'm gonna throw us in a landmine situation here. How does the Dominion, because in Colorado, one of the many of the counties use a Dominion vote it's you know voting counting system
0: all but one does, does
1: that tie into this at all or are those no. not not related okay not related. Okay, good, because then everything... <laughs> then would be we told. won't get sued. That, that that may, yeah, we won't be sued. Okay, um, so this is... Why, I guess, do not more people know about this? I mean, this seems...
2: Well, who's going to
1: tell? Us? Well, yeah, who's going to tell? Them? I mean, this seems... Because I know one of the first things General Griswold did upon being elected as the Secretary of State is to pull out of that, what you were Kansas talking about Compact. earlier, the Kansas Compact, where it was a free, at least comparing, right? And instead right. of joined this...
0: Um, for two million plus dollars. Yeah,
1: how long has this been, you mentioned it's been going on for a while, right?
0: I, I want to say Eric was formed, uh, and I, I Colorado is one of the founding states. I think it was 2013. Okay, okay.
1: great, great. Yeah, and you're saying all you want to do, you're not trying to get rid of Eric, you're not trying. Why, to, why aren't you trying oh, to oh, get yeah, rid anyway, of so Eric? You're just are like, hey, let's just look at, the, look at the legally required to be public records, right?
0: Yeah, and that's it. But God, there's no power to get rid of Eric. I mean, that's the voters of Colorado who have control of that. If they want to tell their secretary of state to get out of Eric, that's their job, not not I have no way to do it. Okay. Well, they can't
2: do that cuz they rigged the elections. So <laughs> so, they, I- <laughs> so so the no one's left. It's not the voters of Colorado as as our beloved president said, it's who counts the votes. It's not who votes, but who counts the votes. So the the good people of Colorado uh, any more than the good people of the soviet union could vote <laughs> out whoever it is
1: for folks we've had a lot of people just join us on zoom at least we're talking with christian adams from the public interest legal foundation about a lawsuit and if you haven't if just joined go back and listen to the beginning because this explanation is is scary of what why the lawsuit is there Have well you tell said- us
2: about the lawsuit tell us where, where do you stand uh, in colorado i assume you're in federal district court in denver
0: Right. It it was just filed. They'll answer. They'll say there's no standing. They'll say, you know, we've seen that we've filed so many of these cases and (laughs) all of the responses tend to look like parrots. Right. It's like, oh, you can't you can't bring this case. You didn't give us proper notice. And, you know, that usually fails. And uh, at some point, I'm sure Colorado will cough up the records. uh, And, um, you know, it's it's uh, unfortunate because they're gonna spend a whole lot of money and lose.
1: Well, I was well, that's talk, okay because the money
2: o- would have gone to nefarious purposes anyway. <laughs> so I'd rather have you have the money.
1: <laughs> what um in the states where you've won before? What kinds of things have you discovered? And you've well, asked how it, many times but-
0: you lost and won? What's your yeah. what's your winning percentage? Oh, gosh, I mean, there's so many cases we filed. I, I I've lost track. I mean, you're you're talking in the 30s or 40s in the last five years. Okay. Well, okay. what percent
2: um, do, you, do you tend to win? What percent?
0: Well, I mean, win? I think a win is like the Pennsylvania lawsuit. We sued Pennsylvania. Uh, before the 2020 election, about all the dead voters they had. Turns out we discovered something fascinating, a phenomenon I had never heard of uh, in, in doing this for a very long time. And that's people registering to vote after they're dead.
1: Wow.
0: Right. And when the judge heard that in Pennsylvania, he thought it meant that our data were bad. And to tell you the truth, I was worried about it too. Turns out I went to the gravestone of Judith Presto who registered to vote in 2020. And she died in 2013. And what happened was her husband was arrested for registering her after she was dead. So it turns out this is happening. uh, And our data are showing it. And that's why we want to see these records. And so to answer your question, Pennsylvania eventually took the dead people off the rolls. And I think that's a win, uh, you know, there's no court ruling saying it's a win. Yeah, we didn't get a judgment. A yeah, that's a win. But we got a settlement. We got a settlement. Sure. But
1: okay. But, but, but what
2: what what are the what's the what's your biggest loss that you you
0: you hurt you the most? Well, well that's, okay, that's a great. I've never been asked that in all the interviews I've ever done.
1: That's, <laughs> that's a tough question. That's what I'm good yeah, for. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. I'll tell you the National Voter Registration Act, and it's something Congress needs to fix. Our biggest loss was when we allege that the National Voter Registration Act. Does not allow ineligible voters on the rolls, such as felons in Pennsylvania, who, uh, uh, if if they're you know serving time in prison, are not allowed to vote, so they shouldn't be on the rolls. And we allege that the NVRA Motor Voter does not allow a state to you know to keep ineligible voters on the rolls, like convicted felons. Right. Well, we got roasted because the the court said, well, the NVRA is confined to dead people and people who moved away, and it doesn't say felons. And that was a big loss. And What court can, was that? <laughs> that was in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, a district court. And then we went to the Third Circuit and lost. Wow. The point wow. is it, it shrunk the scope of the NVRA yeah. to only people who moved away and debts.
1: What do you find, though, when you do look at the rules? I mean, what are you finding that there are questions? You're, you're, I mean, it's legitimate to be asking these questions?
0: Well, of course. I mean, we, we find, uh, you know, a couple hundred people who voted after death, uh actually in some cases less than that in, in all the time we find people registered in multiple states voting twice in a federal election you know by the hundreds um and you know some people might not say that's much but i think it is oh yeah oh, it know.
1: depends particularly if you're in a city council race or something like that
2: well here's a problem we have in colorado and we have it i think somebody wrote in the federalist um, why old guard Republicans don't seem to get election integrity, and it's a pretty good analysis of why so many of them fight it. But here in Colorado, Ken Buck was one of our le- is a one of our leading congressmen, and and last uh, term was the head of the uh, Republican Party, and he keeps on going on NPR and everybody else saying Colorado has the gold standard of, of uh, election integrity. Um, And I guess if you get the records, we'll find out how close the former head of the Republican Party in Colorado was right.
0: Yeah. And and part of the problem is and I'll just I'll be blunt. There's a lot of people in this space that are genuine snake oil salesmen. And um, that makes these uh, noodle backed Republicans afraid to jump into the fight because, I mean, for example, I'll give you I'll give you an example after the presidential election somebody came out and said like 18,000 dead people voted in Michigan. And they didn't know what they were doing because they didn't realize Michigan, like a lot of states, have a placeholder, of 1900. Uh. Like if if they can't read the registration form, they put like January 1, 1900 as your birthday. And we knew this because we've been doing this for years. But these people thought that that meant everybody with that it's placeholder tricky. birthday was dead and they right. went out in public and said so it was like and
1: then it, yeah
0: yeah exactly and then it looks well who, who who uh pays for your great efforts donors for citizens donors. i mean i bet our average donation is probably you know in the neighborhood of 50 dollars at wow. public interest legal foundation so well, i mean we that's... get foundation support private citizen support mm-hmm. Let me
1: ask you, and then we'll give you a chance to promote the website there, But because we're going to let you go here in a second. But so you, the the lawsuits that you win, right, you get to look at the records. Do you win like permanently or you can keep? Because, I mean, you know, I mean, every day people are dying, right? Registered voters die by the thousands across the country every day. Or is it, I mean, is this something Then you have to go back to Pennsylvania again after the next election and go through this all again? Or if you win in Colorado, you have to go back and do this all again?
0: States capitulate. Once they lose on a records case, they, they cooperate. I mean, Harris County is like a puppy dog now in Texas. <laughs> to, answer the, to answer one of the questions I saw was the election stolen. The answer is yes. But how it is stolen is where you uh, differentiate yourself from top shelf to bottom shelf liquor. Right? Right, right. You have to understand how it was stolen. It wasn't stolen because machines were flipping. It was stolen a much more sophisticated way. As we've talked about, read an article I wrote at PJ Media called The Real Kraken, and it gets into Center for Technology and Civic Life money. It gets into changing the rules of the elections in federal court hearings, many of which we participated in fighting the change. Uh, a lot of times winning uh, is stopping states, and uh, I can't answer that one, Stephen. You'll have to look it up on PACER. <laughs> I have been monitoring the outcome of that. that we used to bring cases involving census data and showing more people registered, but we lost a case in Broward County, Florida, when the court rejected us, our model of using more people registered than people who live there, and, and there's a time mismatch. It's really complicated, but we get into the real data now. We actually buy the voter rolls. We, we buy the public records. We dig into who's actually dead, we don't just sort of guess that people aren't on the rolls properly. We, we actually get their names. We, well, we you know well, to go
2: to Stephen's comment because only people on Zoom get to see it, and that's only oh. a small portion of our viewership. It says, "What happened to the uh, lawsuit between mm-hmm. Judicial Watch and Gina Griswold?" And the answer was, uh, "I
1: don't
0: guys. know." Yeah, mean, it's fine. I think that's nature.
1: ongoing. Although, so you can see, um, um, Christian people love you. So, <laughs> let me a final Hi, people. <laughs> Finally, let me let me go ahead and give you a chance then because I, I was completely unaware of all this stuff that you talk about. And as you said, it, it matters because there's so many theories out there and and, and they the, the Democrats, they use stuff to turn it against you and make you into a, a QAnon nut, right? Um, yeah. And it is important for people, I think, to actually have facts like this at hand and say, hey, did you know that this is what's going on? So where can people, where's your website? If people want to help or want to find out, keep track of how things are going with you guys, where do they Maybe go? Maybe give
0: some money, which wouldn't yeah. be a bad place yeah. to be- Mm-hmm. publicinterestlegal.org, publicinterestlegal.org, and we have to buy those public records, as I saw a comment, because Congress says so. The, the National Voter Registration Act says that, that states can charge a reasonable photocopying charge. So Congress made the decision that there's a price to getting the photocopies. Now, we like to get them electronically. And argue that there's no cost. So that's all good. <laughs> you well, know,
1: I was a TV reporter for a lot of years. And in my experience, what clerks do is, if it's something they're happy to give you, it's free. If it's something they okay. don't want to give you, it's like really expensive and time consuming. Does so.
2: the statute you're suing under give you attorney fees if you prevail? Yes.
0: Or, oh, okay. yes.
2: What 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 is that? Particular statute.
0: The National Voter Registration Act of 1993, otherwise known as Motor Voter, Motor otherwise Voter. codified at 42 USC, something that has now been recodified, unfortunately, for lawyers, <laughs> at 52 USC 108, I think, 01. So <laughs> 42 right. has become 52. <laughs> 01.
1: All right. Well, Christian, thank, thank you, you very much. Please, you've been wonderful. You've been one of them Please keep us posted on how the lawsuit's going, okay?
0: Okay, anytime. All Thanks right,
1: you there you go. Yes. Uh, Christian
2: Adams, from the public, public Intakers.
1: interest, interest, the Public Interest yes. Legal Foundation. Yeah, that's well, group. that's kind of scary to know that that the progressives have set up with thirty-one states, even red states, cooperating in it with it. Um, uh, something that that basically collects information on voting basically and uh i to me i always just assumed the secretary of state's office did it and they had some kind of algorithm that they either ran or didn't run That if you died you know you got kicked off i didn't realize that they had this whole other private agency funded funded by by the left originally
2: funded by soros and And now now we're paying for it it. yeah no uh Tell you the truth, I'm very much after we finish this show and finish partying on Party Friday. <laughs> I'm going to PJ Media and seeing uh, the real Kraken. Right. By, uh, let's find out really what was done.
1: And everybody's saying thanks. And Leo, we're trying to keep it good. I saw it, just to go back to the beginning. Leo said he only has four beers for the show, so he said better <laughs> make this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, good. And then Steve found that. Yep, the public interest legal. I think you're right there. I think you're right that on that Stephen. Okay, I want to kind of talk about. Good news and bad news. This is on the vaccine thing. As you all know, the Supreme Court um, said yesterday that the Biden vaccine mandate to big businesses with 100 more, that that you can't do that, right? That's good news. Um, More good news. Today, Justice Gorsuch, a while ago, a uh, family for a little boy who has autism um, and has to fly a lot, challenged the TSA mask requirement, but the mask mandate. Initially, Judge Roberts, a while back, said, nope, not going to hear it. But today, Justice Gorsuch agreed to bring it up for consideration. Right. And why yeah, don't you kind of explain the ins and outs of...
2: Well, if you go for emergency relief, you go to the particular... Uh, Supreme Court justice that is assigned to that circuit or circuits, um, and so they originally went one that Roberts, I don't know which one Roberts is, but then they probably went through another one that Gorsuch did, and Gorchitz agreed to give it to see whether the, he can get four votes to have it uh, considered by the court. Um, he wouldn't have done it unless he thought he had the support of other three others. Whether he has Roberts, he doesn't have Roberts. So he'll come down to Kavanaugh, whether they will be hurt or not. The other thing is that that was the great news in the bigger case. The smaller case was the Medicare-Medicaid ones.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, well, it's not nothing. It's, it's no, I know. It's, I'm just going to It's, it's pretty important.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and the strange part, and I haven't seen this commented on um, the, you had a had a, uh, a written uh, dissent by, by, I think, Justice Thomas, joined by three other judges, and the majority was written per curiam. That means nobody is the author. <laughs> They're all the author. Now, per curiams, I used to do per curiams up on the Tenth Circuit when I clerked for a judge there. That's usual criminal appeals by by uh, prisoners and stuff, ones that were just so out, you'd write one line per curium, the judge would sign it, and they are out of here. Um, and I also did them for Wizard White, uh, because he would get these emergency appeals when I was working with him and up when he'd come here during the summer. Uh, and they were per curiums a lot of times, because they were just, they were considered non-controversial. I've never seen a Supreme Court, now maybe there are, but a Supreme Court... Uh, entire opinion be written per curiam. Maybe they're going to have
1: so did my heir do it, and she was too. like, was too embarrassed. she wrote uh, it. It was all wrong, and they're like, well, we can't put this well, out there. Well, it's
2: interesting because he would have had Roberts uh, in the majority on that one, so he could have signed it to anybody, uh, including himself. And, like, no. and so all of them decided, no, let's all do it together, or some kind of weird, weird deal, and and uh, Kavanaugh. You know, the rapist. <laughs> Maybe he was.
1: No, 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 no. No, he, no. Was. No, he uh, turned straight. Well, here's where I was going to go with this, too, though, is these things are good news. You've got inflation. You've got a lot of bad things happening with Biden. It looks like, you know, his, his build back better isn't going to happen. It looks like the filibuster ending isn't going to happen in spite of him yelling at us about it. It looks like their, their voter fraud bill isn't going to pass. And the thing that we got to be careful of, and this is what we're seeing now, and we wanted to sort of sound a warning, but don't worry, we're going to end on a happy note of the show, is the more these people, these elites and the Uniparty and the progressives and the media, all of them, the more, and the Biden administration, the more they're threatened right, the harder they push back. They're not just gonna say, oh, well, we give up. I guess maybe we should get some ideas that Americans agree with, right? They're gonna push back. And that is exactly what we're seeing going on right now. Tucker Carlson, as usual, did a great job talking about this last night. And he pointed out that they keep, they're using the illusion Um, of domestic terrorism. They're talking about the the insurrection, which we're calling the Fed-surrection, right, on January 6th. They talk about the school board letter that was actually solicited by the Biden administration. They're trying to create this illusion that there are domestic terrorists out there that they need to crack down on. And no surprise, the domestic terrorist is us. It's the American citizen. So Thomas, if we could please play Tucker number one.
4: This Tuesday, two days ago, The DOJ announced the creation of a new domestic terrorism unit. What will it do? Well, it will target, quote, anti-authority ideologues, anti-authority ideologues. Now, keep in mind, this country was founded by people who are anti-authority ideologues. That's why they created America and baked the idea of opposing authority, so it doesn't get too big and take over your life, into our founding documents. These ideas are central to the American idea. In fact, they are the American idea. But in this administration, they are now
1: crimes. That's a point. They are now crimes. Okay?
4: Well, they had
2: something with the Hal Turner show, which I, I've never listened to, but they had an article on it, where in North Carolina, they have army troops now in war games. And the war games are, are the U.S. Army against Patriot groups that have formed civil war action. So... There are a lot of very radical people in the U.S. Army now trying to get rid of extremists. Uh, they, they don't mean communists; they do not. No, mean they a, mean us. They mean, <laughs> they, us. mean
3: they mean Republicans. Uh, uh, hey. and,
2: and they're trying to get rid of them while they can't recruit anybody else new, uh, right? So maybe they can recruit them from Guatemala. Um, but it's 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 really scary when right. when they say that they're going after anti-authoritarian. Uh, ideologues i mean that that that's a liberal democrat it used to be at least back in the 60s and 70s or maybe a libertarian or just about anybody
1: well who disagreed Uh, well exactly and i think that's that's the thing you know that that i mean ask sharona bishop right all of a sudden you've got the fbi raiding her house look what they're doing to tina peters um there's a grand jury investigating her look at that they did
2: you know they came down these these sedition ones against Members of, of, I don't know, Proud Boys. <laughs> the Oath, Oath Keepers. Keepers. Well, after,
1: after people noted that they hadn't accused anybody of anything. And so yeah. I'm sure there's some I said, of- Oh,
2: okay, gee, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it. It really is scary how, how radical. Well, and then you yeah.
1: see, and then you see. for instance, today, Mike Lindell announced that the bank that he's been doing business with as a multi-million dollar business yes. corporation has told them they will no longer do business with him. And they're going to use stuff like this. So if you want to comment and you're on Zoom, go ahead and, you know, you can either comment in the chat section or you can um, go ahead and turn your mic on and comment. You want to call in 888-627-6008. But if you think we're exaggerating, I mean, you just look around. Like Politico had a thing. Talking about the people spreading misinformation, um, they, they are very clearly targeting anyone who disagrees with the Biden administration. And we're going to play this this soundbite here, also from Tucker Carlson, has Matt Olson from the DOJ. I this mean, one just
2: scary guy. Listen this to this, one if, scary guy.
1: if we could play Tucker number three, please, or number two, Tucker number two, Thomas. We
4: face an elevated threat from domestic violent extremists, that is individuals in the United States who seek to commit violent criminal acts in furtherance of domestic, social, or political goals. Domestic violent extremists are often motivated by a mix of ideologies and personal grievances. We've seen a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus as well as those who ascribe to extremist, anti-government, and anti-authority ideologies. I've decided to establish a domestic terrorism unit to augment our existing approach. This group of dedicated attorneys will focus on the domestic terrorism threat. Who's the threat to the country? That guy is the threat to the country, and the people working for him and those propping him up, and the people spreading the core lie here, which is that American citizens who distrust the government or don't like its policies are terrorists. Just today on MSNBC, Jason Johnson, one of its contributors, described the entire Republican Party as a terrorist organization.
1: Before, they're also using um, this whole thing to say that people who um, supported the January 6th uh, events, the people who didn't comment, who didn't condemn the events, the people who were there, none of them, they're trying to say, can run for public office. Some 31 people I was reading who- yeah, uh, Including members,
2: sitting congressmen like Nathaniel R- Cawthorn.
1: Right, were, were there. And so they're going to try to use that and they're going to say, well, you're now a domestic terrorist. You were trying to commit insurrection. You can't run for... For public office i mean this is alarming and they're going to use it. and if you think they can't you know maybe as, as he pointed out just ask roger stone ask paul manafort ask general flynn what the department of justice yeah, can do yeah. if they feel like it and it's bizarre because it, you use because i was saying to chuck i'm like well, wait i thought authoritarian was bad i thought we didn't like i thought we
2: didn't like Hitler. No. i didn't think people who who opposed hitler would be considered anti authoritarian same as stone I mean, but, but apparently they are because if you po- oppose any of these people.
1: Now, um, anti-authoritarians people. are bad. Hey, we've got Johnny from Denver Online, too. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the show. What do you make of all this?
3: Okay, I was... Because sometimes I'll, I'll call these, these urban stations and I'll start giving this information. And then I notice like, uh, this guy, uh, KS107, Tony uh, V, he's talking, he's a Hispanic guy, he's a family's man. But then they had this other lady who is there to make sure that I don't go too far and that he doesn't say anything that would take him out of the left corner. Ah. And it's almost like, it it seemed like when you were saying that, or when the guy was talking about the Eric was saying that they got all this money to promote it on uh, urban stations, but not on other stations. It's almost like, how can we image that and get our messages on their stations? Because I, I see the gatekeeper keepers, especially when I called, and I'm not in line with their conversation. But I, I'm I, I fit the the the, uh, the, the physical uh, aberration, but I don't fit the mental aberration of what they want us to say. Right? Yeah. So no, know. I think,
1: and you Well, I think that's why you're seeing places like CNN, you know, down ninety percent. People are just kind of tuning them out. But I think you're also right, Johnny, in that I think you know they're you know and thank you for listening to our podcast that's because it's the kind of stuff we oh, try yeah. to out there because um they're not they're not going to let you on i guarantee mm-hmm. it right they're not going to let you on um because and if you do <laughs> now they're going to say if you get on there and say it now they're going to send the fbi to your house and i think this is not that crazy <laughs> of thought to say well you know that johnny he's a domestic terrorist did you hear him on 107
3: check him out
1: yeah i mean and, and it's crazy
3: and what i what yeah, when I, uh, okay, I, I talked to my friends, and I can't believe how, how, and, and information that they don't know. I told them information about how they were, they were cooking the books because they got $39,000 if you're on ventilators and, and only $6,000 if you're with the uh, flu. And my friend, he says, I didn't know that. I said, well, I, I thought you were telling me you were listening to both sides. Apparently, maybe not.
1: Yeah. yeah and they're going to make it harder not. i mean joe biden himself called on everybody to quit spreading misinformation about his administration yeah, social, so. yeah
2: exactly i mean we're thrown off youtube for quoting the democratic governor of colorado about childhood mass or something yeah so that i mean the, you know the net it's getting uh tighter and tighter and tighter
1: uh, hey johnny listen thank you for yeah. the call appreciate it and keep trying to spread right. the word <laughs> okay all right <laughs> thank yeah. you. take
2: care Take well, care.
1: And on the censorship, let I me, mean, I mean, that's Biden did. He went on and he said the social media people, everybody needs to stop the spread of misinformation. About
2: COVID in and now
1: we all know that misinformation is whatever. It's like
2: ivermectin, the dewormer works and, and so does uh, and, or, or other ones. And, and it's, that's misinformation. That is stuff that'll get your medical license. Although the department of defense, uh, Books showed that they thought ivermectin worked incredibly well. Right. It's just unbelievable. Uh, but,
1: but, well, and if we could play in Tucker Kraus, and then the final went them him, if we could play then, Thomas, please, uh, Tucker number three.
4: Is, quote, the most urgent terrorism threat the United States faces today. That's a very stark assessment. So you have to ask, who exactly are these terrorists who threaten us so urgently? And they're not who you might expect. The report did not even mention the BLM riots, the deadly BLM riots that had just taken place. There wasn't a word about Antifa. There was nothing about the gunmen who murdered 800 Americans in the city of Chicago last year, many of them children. No, they weren't there. Instead, the Biden administration declared that the, quote, most lethal elements of today's domestic terror threat are political conservatives. There are people who disagree with Joe Biden. If you disagree
1: with Joe Biden, as you soon find out, you know you're going to be yeah, strong bishop. Yeah, that you're going to be you're going to be a domestic. No, the Democrats are
2: truly a scary group these days. They're a scary group, and uh, and and they are authoritarian uh, ones. And so you you know.
1: But like Jim says, whatever happened, innocent until proven guilty. That's well, you idea. know what? Ask the people who are still, still a year yeah. later, being held for whatever essentially misdemeanor accusations haven't been given a day in court on the Fed direction, right? Bail. Right. I mean, and, and again, they're so
2: getting rid of bail, except where they want no. Do uh, you have no bail, meaning you never get out?
1: And they want do really, number one, they want to use people like that as an example. And they want to try to shut everybody up, right? They want to have everybody say, okay, it's just not worth it to talk about it. I'm not going to do it. Because if you if you raise your voice, like Sharona Bishop did, and you fight for parents' rights, you fight for election integrity, all of a sudden, the FBI is raiding your house and you got to hire a lawyer. You have to jump through all these hoops, legal hoops. I mean, it is incredibly threatening. And I think You know, again, you know, I used to, somebody used to say about guys when you would date them, well, not just guys, but people show you who they are, right? You need to believe them. Well, the Democrats and this domestic terror thing, they're showing us who they are. And we need to be careful to not say, well, that couldn't happen here because it is happening. And I think that's the biggest thing. They are showing us who they are. Um, Now, it being Party Friday, though, we wanted to end on a happy note.
2: Very happy. Uh, Very
1: happy. You know, we now have. This is going to be the theme for the Biden's. Biden had a very bad week, as you all know. I mean, every everything. Yeah, everything.
2: but you know, he is very good about finding silver linings. Like he, he said that the Afghan withdrawal was one of the more successful withdrawals since Dunkirk. So he can almost always find a good reason why <laughs> why something. But, but this we, is this allows you. This will be his new theme song. You'll be
1: this is a yeah, not theme song really, but just a theme here. If we could play the Biden's bad day, please.
2: ...of unfortunate events, book the first, The Bad Beginning, by Lemony Snicket. If you are interested in stories with happy endings, you would be better off listening to some other program. In this story, not only is there no happy ending, there is no happy beginning, and very few happy things... In the
1: middle. I just found that I'm like, there is no happy ending. There is no happy beginning. And there are very few happy Happy things in the middle of the Biden administration. It is a (laughs)
0: disaster. It
1: is is a disaster. disaster. And it's only going to get worse. I mean, you talk about so what is it? Retail sales plummeted in December. That was the latest news out there today. The middle of Christmas buying season, retail sales are down. Um, Department stores, like 7% grocery store shelves are empty. Um, gas prices are up. A bag of Fritos now costs just 17 bucks on Amazon. And they only have like three left in stock. If you want to do that. You're probably um, too late. Yeah. I mean, the infrastructure bill is dead. The voter rights thing is dead. Kamala Harris. What it's did dead. she say? Well, she, she said, we need to keep doing what we've been doing and we need to do it today. And that's her solution to everything. Meanwhile, this I think is the most fun thing at all. They are now talking about Hillary Clinton running for president because nobody likes Joe. Nobody likes Kamala. So- well, as
2: somebody else brought on, why not Jeb Bush? Not Jeb Bush, but but George W. He, he's a whole five years younger than Biden. <laughs> he's, he's just hitting his prime now. Get him together with Hillary. And, uh, you know, we can bring a lot of these people back and... Uh, and maybe even some be, of the dead ones. Be, why can't a dead person hold if they can, office? If
1: a dead person can vote. They yeah. can certainly hold office. Yeah. And they can hold as many news conferences as Biden has held. Yeah, right, right I mean, about right. the dead people. I think Hillary Clinton, this is my theory, actually, because I've been, it was all over the place, right? All of a sudden you're like, why is everybody interviewing Hillary Clinton? Um. And But I think that Republicans are behind this. I think that the Republicans have finally gotten smarter and they're twisting it around and they're secretly promoting Hillary Clinton. I mean, uh, I don't listen. not I
2: don't know if she'd be any worse than what. Well, she couldn't be any
1: worse, but I mean, yeah. as a candidate, it's like... Well, that's what
2: I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean,
1: I, no offense but you, to Hillary, but did you guys see that picture of her walking on the beach in the floppy hat? I mean, that was a very luck. bad picture. Very if you're thinking of running for president, you need to sharpen, you need to call the Kardashians or something and get yeah. something going there. <laughs> no, I think the best thing for the Republican Party, can you, whoever the presidential candidate on the Republican side used, k- k- turns out to be, if Hillary Clinton actually runs for president again, what on earth makes them think she's going to be any more likable. I mean, all of the issues were there the first the first time around, and, and now we've got even more stuff coming out. Well, about Bill hasn't, uh, uh, oh, Well, I mean,
2: Bill hasn't been up to much. He could go more into his. Jeffrey Epstein trips, and that'd be good,
1: right, right? I mean, what are there? Are new White House logs that somebody got their hands on the Daily Mail that show every time Jeffrey Epstein went there, he went there with young girls to visit Bill Clinton. It's like, what's up with that?
0: What's up? You, What do you know? Think that's it's kind
1: of like, what is? I mean, maybe some of them were his girlfriends, but some of them weren't, and it's like, what offerings to Bill? I don't know what that is. So, I mean, this is my my free advice to the Democrats. It's like, you know, just drop this Hillary Clinton talk. No, I mean, that. if you're Hillary, well, here's the thing: Hillary will do it. She's already got the speech. Written right, yeah. She's we already heard her, it. We we've already, already heard, heard her acceptance speech, speech so, so handling
2: her, her dead mother.
1: So, to cheer you up, remember that the Biden administration will have a continuing, ongoing series of unfortunate events. Hillary Clinton, they're now talking about, is running for president, and so there is a lot to be cheerful well, about. Do
2: you know Jimmy Carter's still alive? Maybe he could give a run for it. I mean, <laughs> he and Hillary. Get get two great ones from the past.
1: And this Cheney could be the vice presidential candidate. And and and
2: Dick Cheney's now coming back in. So we got all oh, we got we can just have a ghost parade of hard politicians who are still technically alive today.
1: And run. And then who who cares who runs on the Republican and, side? All right. Well,
2: that's the end of party Friday. <laughs> Love having talking to all of you and uh We are bringing back Ted Trimpa. We got him mixed up the other day, but uh, you won't want to miss that. We'll
1: get Ted Trimpa, our Democrat strategist friend, his take on Hillary Clinton. Soros. Soros. You'll want to watch the
2: show for that one.
1: That's right. He's going to be here on Monday. I think we're going to have him for pretty much the whole show as well.
2: Have a great weekend and get out there and party.
1: All right. We'll see you all next Monday.